on cornerofthegalaxy.com. It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box, the show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a Monday, June 27th, the LA Galaxy getting ready to face off against Minnesota United after a forced weekend off. I'm not sure that did them any any good. We talked about it on Thursday. The game against San Jose was postponed until September into an international break into all sorts of problems because San Jose just absolutely had to play that game at Stanford Stadium. So the Galaxy didn't get a chance to play. Because of that, they dropped one spot in the standings. We'll talk a little bit about that. Not playing and dropping. That's always always fun. I have a chance to get it on the back end, but uh, maybe maybe a little more difficult. We're going to talk about rumors. Uh, Greg Vanny hinted at uh, sort of what he's looking for, and we have some names to at least take a look at. They sort of dropped on Friday where we could sort of start to put some pieces together and perhaps get you pointed in the right direction. So we're going to talk about that, and then we're going to get you ready for this game against Minnesota coming up on Wednesday. Um, so something to uh, to talk about there. So uh, to help me do that, he's uh, he's back. Actually, you know what? Kevin's not back. He's not here today. Kevin is in Qatar right now. So you guys get a solo show because Kevin is doing some World Cup advance prep. Uh, he sent me a picture. Let's see. What has he sent me pictures of so far? He sent me pictures of some camels that were wearing, uh, as he said, COVID masks. Um, let's see. What else did he send me pictures of? Oh, he sent me a picture of, quote unquote, the uh, the American embassy, which was a Starbucks. All right. So um, that was that's that's Kevin's fun in uh, in Qatar. And he thought about possibly coming on the show tonight, except it's 6 a.m. in the morning there. And he said he probably doesn't feel like actually getting up for that. So you, me, everybody. Um, we're glad that you're here. Um, we're glad that you could join us here for a little bit and, and hopefully this will, this will get you ready for this game against Minnesota. I now, now listen, let's start because I know obviously the news is that the noisy neighbors over there, um, he is, uh, they made, they made a move. They signed Gareth Bale, right? We all know this. It started breaking. Everybody knew that the news, it was the talk of MLS this weekend. Um, and it's funny because I see LA galaxy, fans reactions and I sit there and go when Gareth Bale was mentioned as a possibility to join the LA Galaxy widely panned nobody wanted them all right and now that LAFC has has him all of a sudden everybody's like, how come we couldn't listen um not a position of need for the LA Galaxy if you want to know the genius behind all this it's this it's that LAFC doesn't need um you know 
uh, Chiellini. They don't need Bale. Um, and they've added two pieces that they don't need because those guys could provide depth for them, could provide something for them um, because they have a fairly complete team in terms of how they set up, right? And they already have a deep team. So are they reliant on a healthy Gareth Bale? No. Are they reliant on, you know, a, a Chiellini? No, right? So, so you look at these things and you say, okay, that's why it's a good move for them because whatever they get out of those guys is good. Now, for the LA Galaxy, let's flip that for a second. Let's put it into this. For LAFC, it's high risk, high reward for Gareth Bale, right? It's a little bit lower risk knowing that it's a target allocation money signing. For the Galaxy, they decided to go high risk, high reward for Douglas Costa, right? And so what are they getting out of that? They're getting the high risk part of that. And at a designated player spot, it was a spot that they couldn't probably afford to make that high risk signing. Right. So that is what the difference is right now is there's a difference between a a fairly well constructed team in LAFC and a fairly poorly constructed team in the LA Galaxy, knowing that the Galaxy need to get players like Cabral, Grancer, Costa, Chicharito, right? Revelison needing to get those guys to perform in order for the LA Galaxy to be good right now and knowing they're not adding a piece like Bale which is which would be high risk for the LA Galaxy is something that would be difficult to swallow. Not only that, it's not a position of need for the Galaxy, right? It is and it isn't. We can argue that. But really we all know that there has to be an addition in the center of the field. Right? So that's that's where we sit there. So you know what? Good for them. They got them. Great. Looks like their debuts will be against the LA Galaxy because of course they will on July 8th. Um, and so that's something that we can watch. Listen, for as much as everybody wants to go ahead and crown them, and I, I was thinking, if you want to crown them, crown them. Um, as much as they want to crown them, uh, they can't beat the LA Galaxy this year. Maybe that happens. Maybe that happens at the bank. Maybe it doesn't happen at the bank. You know, I, again, Kevin and I talked about it not too long. Everybody all of a sudden says, oh, well, you know, it's clear they, they've won the supporter shield. It's over. They just played one of their toughest games. They won it. It was at home. They beat New York Red Bulls two to nothing. Does that mean that they are in? That's one of the toughest games they've played so far. The Seattle game, also a, a game they went up there on the road. They tied. That was they've had their two toughest games right there. And Seattle is still sort of building into the team that will probably be there at the end. Right. So say, saying all that is that the Galaxy aren't that far behind. Um, they're in a position to where they can still chase. They're still in a competitive position in the center of the the Western Conference. Is it trending well? No, it's not trending well. Um, But you did just have, you know, two relatively big wins and then a real letdown in in an Open Cup, right? You had the LAFC win in the Open Cup. You had the Austin win, which was a good league win. Um, And then you had a letdown in the USL. And if you want to go back before that, you had a Dallas letdown. You had a Houston letdown. This team is very back and forth. All right. Greg Vanny said it today. He talked about consistency. The Galaxy don't have any. Uh, so it depends on their opponent. It depends on how their opponent is playing. It depends on how they go into it. And unless your name is LAFC, uh, it's sort of uneven about what performance you're going to get from the LA Galaxy right now. All right. So again, two teams in two different positions. Uh, LAFC in a much better position in terms of how they're building their team. Absolutely. If they get nothing out of Gareth Bale, or anybody else that they sign right now, they're fine. they're they're going to be okay, right? The Galaxy, if they can't get anything out of Douglas Costa, this this year's dead. If they can't get anything out of Kevin Cabral, this year's dead. Um, 
you know, I think Christian Miles was right. It's tough to call a guy a bust when he's only been, you know, playing for four months. But there certainly isn't anything that's pointing to the fact that Douglas Costa was the correct high risk, high reward signing. Right. And again, it goes back into the what pool are the L.A. Galaxy pulling from? Right. Where are they? Like, it's one thing if you say, oh, well, you know, I had five guys and I chose Douglas Costa. OK, well, then what were the other four guys that made you think Douglas Costa was that? Or is it worse than that? Is it only one guy? And it was only Douglas Costa. Remember, the LA Galaxy were very, very adamant, and Greg Vanny was very adamant at signing somebody at the beginning of this year to fill that third designated player spot, right? This is how you end up with Douglas Costa. They were very adamant about getting somebody before the season so that way they could have them in for preseason, in for the beginning of the year, so because Greg didn't want to lose half the year or try to you know, shoehorn a designated player in in the summer and then have to work with them through the summer and try to get them going and pointed to the right time in the playoffs. Now, if we're at where the Galaxy are at right now and you're making that same decision, if you have hindsight, right, you're able to sort of, if, you, if we sort of look in, the, look in the rear view mirror on this, you say, okay, well, maybe the move should have been to wait. But Galaxy, again, I will go back. As much as you pretend that you guys don't flip-flop like crazy, all right, most of us were in agreement that that was the correct move. Not necessarily signing Douglas Costa, but getting somebody in. All right. Getting somebody in early so that way they could be with the team for a long period of time. Correct strategy, in my opinion. Absolutely correct strategy. Just wrong player. Right. And who knows? Maybe Douglas Costa turns around. Well, why not? Why not? If we're, if we're thinking of unicorns and rainbows, why not have Douglas Costa just suddenly turn it on and find form and stay healthy and do all these things and be a winger. And maybe that pushes Cabral back to the bench or at least Cabral and Grant Sears spend time. And by the way, Cabral and Grant Sears might as well be the same player with how they don't really provide all that much. Um, certainly is right. So this is, this is one of those things here, right? And the fact that the galaxy don't have a general manager, let's be very clear in their effort to be as opaque as possible right? To be as cloudy as possible. We know where it's all going to fall. It's already working for some of you. We know where it's all going to fall. They're, it's going to fall in Greg Vanny's lap. And putting him with a general manager, a real general manager who actually has real responsibilities instead of everybody splitting everything and doing things is probably the correct answer for this. But is that going to happen? No, no, it's not going to happen. All right. So we said it on Thursday. We'll say it again. It is up to Jovan Karofsky. It is up to Michael Stevens to find these next replacements and to bring them in. All right, now that I've had your attention just for a little bit, just sort of want to remind you that we do have our shirts for sale. The 2022 uh, Corner of the Galaxy shirts are up for sale. Cornerofthegalaxy.com, click the shop button. Um, I think the Bonfire website, which actually eventually you'll get to if you go to order those shirts, it might be having a hiccup right now, but go there whenever you listen to this and it's on recording or you're watching or something like that. You can go there, click it, $25. All that money helps support us. So don't forget that. That's something that's out there. Another thing that you probably weren't aware that is out there is coming up uh, this Saturday, as a matter of fact, in downtown Disney and Anaheim, uh, you can go out and you can meet LA Galaxy homegrown player Cameron Dunbar, which is interesting because uh, it would be one of the few Cameron Dunbar sightings this year. Uh, Cam has, has, for whatever reason, seems to have fallen out of favor with, with Greg Vanny. Um, it always happens. Sometimes we don't know why. Sometimes we do know why. Sometimes people let us know. Um, so it's a, it's a, it's an opportunity to meet a wonderful young man. I really like him. 
Um, so head on out to uh, to uh, downtown Disney, uh, see Cameron Dunbar. Uh, Saturday, July 2nd is when you can do it from 4 to 6 p.m. Uh, Pele Soccer um, is the downtown Disney district is basically who's putting this on uh, Pele Soccer. So make sure uh, you go down there and you can check it. Apparently giveaways and autographs and photos and all that fun stuff. So there's your chance to meet Cameron Dunbar. All right, let's quickly transition now because there's going to be a lot of talk of all of this stuff. Uh, the MLS secondary transfer window opens in 10 days. We're recording on a Thursday night in 10 days on July 7th, the MLS secondary transfer window opens. Now, just to give you a reminder, because I think sometimes we forget, and I just want to make sure everybody's on the same page. You are absolutely correct in that teams have been signing people. So you have seen people sign. So you can sign a contract before that window opens, you just can't add them to the roster, right? We need to remember that there are ways you can add people onto the roster and how all those ways sort of go, right? So in a, if a person has a contract and they're going to be transferred from one team to another, uh, remember that the teams have to agree on a deal and then the incoming team has to agree on a deal with the incoming player or yeah, the, the team receiving has to make a deal with it, with the player, um, as they're coming over. Sometimes even the team that currently owns the player has to make a deal. Like there's a severance package of some sort and they wrap it up and they say, okay, you know, we're going to give you this much money and that's going to end your contract. And we're going to be good. And then you can go to the LA galaxy. Sometimes that's how it happens. They actually pay off a contract and, and kill a contract. And then technically it's like a free transfer. So pay attention to how all these things work, right? But basically with the window open, then teams can then receive players and put them on the roster. The reason people are signing right now is basically everything's agreed to. You just can't add them to the roster till that window opens. All right. Now, remember, there's there's ways to add players outside of the window as well. And as long as it is before September 2nd, right, September 2nd is the current 2022 MLS roster freeze date. That's when you can add no more players. So your roster has to be set September 2nd. So that's coming up pretty rapidly, too. Right. So uh, window opens July 7th. The transfer window opens July 7th. The window closes August 5th. OK. And that roster freeze date is September 2nd, 2022. All right. That is, those are how those set. Now, like I said, there are ways you could add players outside of that transfer window if it closes. As long as somebody doesn't have a contract, or as I mentioned in my previous example, if you could get a player that gets paid off by a team that basically ends their contract, and if you have no contract, then you, you, can, you can go ahead and be added, right? If you remember, Christian Wilhelmsen uh, joined the LA Galaxy outside of the, um, outside of the, the, um, the transfer window, right? So it was one of those. He was out of contract, I believe. I believe that's correct. But I know the Galaxy have added players outside of that window, sort of right before that roster freeze date to sort of do that. So that's where you have, okay? So you can do that. You can you can, you can, can have all of this way. So this is how the LA Galaxy can add players and do different things. And that's something that we are watching, right? Now, um, let's see. How do I want to do this? I guess I, guess I want to do it this way. I, I'm kind of putting it together in my head, right? And I'm trying to figure out um, sort of which way I want to go. Okay, so at training today, Greg Vanning did speak. Damian Calhoun was out there. Shout out to Damian. I think Katia Castareno was out there for ESPN Deportes as well. Love Katia as well. Um, so Damian was out there. Uh, Katia was out there from who I could hear asking questions. Um, and so Damian got a, uh, a good one. He sort of asked Greg, he said, how soon in this transfer window are you going to be adding players? And this is what Greg Vanning had to say. Yeah, I mean, hopefully... You know, hopefully it's soon. Our goal is to try to, at the very early stages of the window, is to have uh, somebody in that can help the team. And uh, we're assessing a potential second move along the way uh, and seeing what options might be available. So I, I would say in the next few weeks, probably. Mm -hmm. 
what right. would you like to see? I was going to say Katya follows up real quickly, and I just sort of wanted to let it roll here. But um, Katya asks, where would you like to see the acquisition? So again, here is Greg Vanny telling you where he would like to get those acquisitions. Yeah, I think we need a, as I've said before, I think we need another midfielder. We need a, I think we need a, a little more of a natural defensive midfielder uh, because then that frees up Ryan and Markey to be more of the running, attacking eights, two ways. Uh, I think that gives us the, op- op- the opportunity to, to use playmakers in different parts of the field. We can use them coming off the wits. We can use them as a natural 10. I think it, it allows us to do more things within our group. Uh, and it'll create some balance because for me, Ryan and Markey, they do the defensive midfield, but they're not defensive midfielders. Uh, and we miss Markey covers 13K over the course of the game. We could utilize that in the attacking half of the field because he's such a smart runner and he's aware and he's a great balancer and he can get through the lines and he can keep the game fast on the attacking end. So we can use that a little bit higher up the field. Uh, and we could use some of Ryan's presence in the box just from a higher midfield position. He can get in as like almost like a second forward at times and he can, uh, he can give us some presence there. So it's not to say that it's, those three all the time, but it gives us some variation and different personalities inside of that. So, Mark. All right, there we go. There's a, a little bit of Greg Vanny today. Now, um, first of all, let's pause for a second because we're going to talk about that. Uh, but want to want to shout out to Chris who uh, gave us a two dollar super chat uh, with the hashtag FireKlein. I understand that sentiment. Um, that sentiment has been around for a long time, so that's not surprising. But thank you for the two dollars. Certainly appreciate it. Now. <clears throat> Greg Vanny talking about let's let's take it one at a time right we sort of talked about the first one when does he want people in realistically the LA Galaxy should have a pretty good idea of who that first player is and I believe that Greg Vanny knows that the, he has a pretty good idea of who that first player is if you listen to it it was hey we need one player and then we're going to add it then there's a possibility of us adding a second player here's what and, and they were sort of saying hey I'm looking into those opportunities for that second player as well so there's a bunch of things that sort of go into this, but talking about, you know, this early window and, and trying to get somebody in, the bottom line is that the LA Galaxy have a ton of games coming up in July, right? Five games in July, six games in July, six games in August, that type of thing. There's a ton of games coming up in July and August. So if you're the LA Galaxy, you cannot afford to wait for very long, right? If you sign somebody August, you know, 4th, right, with a, uh, again, go back to our days, with an August 5th window close, right, that that doesn't help you. You're going to miss 12 games between then and now, right? So when we look at this, it's important that the LA Galaxy understand this timeline, and it's important that they already have targets in mind. They've gone through those targets, and now it's about closing the deals that they're ready to make, right? So if if it comes down that the LA Galaxy suddenly aren't, making moves quickly at the beginning of this window, the the galaxy will suffer this. Other teams are making moves. Other teams are making it. And as I will remind you with Gareth Bale and everybody else who's being signed, there are 27 right now other MLS teams that are going to sign players. The LA Galaxy cannot sign all of those players. They wouldn't want to sign all of those players, right? But at the same time, the galaxy need to sign at least one player. And as much as it probably wasn't the case at the beginning of this year, or even maybe two months ago where Greg Vanny was talking about adding that second player, it certainly seems like the second player is more of a lock now than it ever was. So not just one, one player, but two players. All right. So that's, that's what I'm, that's sort of where we put this in. So when we listen to Greg Vanny and what he says there, we're saying, okay, he wants somebody early in the window and then they're going to assess sort of that option for that second person who wants to come. Here is why it's important to keep a little bit of options open, but they should already have fires in 
or irons in the fire here. And I will also tell you, I have very little faith in the fact that they've actually done this. But there are teams certainly set up right now to go out and get international players who want to stay ready for that World Cup. Right. And if you look at Europe and what's going to happen in Europe, basically those guys are going to play, you know, three months or something like that. And then it's going to be World Cup time. Right. It's a pause. It's a World Cup. It's in November. It's like it's happening. Right. It's happening quick. So there are guys who are looking at MLS and saying, well, I can play 24 games. I can play X number of games before the World Cup starts and I can basically stay in shape and I can be in shape. MLS players, not necessarily guys who are based from the United States, but anybody who's playing in Major League Soccer have a little bit of an advantage this time. Uh, Yes and no, but it should be that towards the end of the season that they are ready to play and that they are ready to go to that World Cup, right? So there is an opportunity to get somebody like Gareth Bale who's certainly looking to come in on a short-term contract on minimum money type of thing, right? To come in and play these games and and go through that, that MLS season in hopes of being ready for Wales, right? That's why you look at that and say, okay. So LA Galaxy, you heard, you heard Greg Vanny, and I'm done arguing with him, so I don't really care anymore. Um, I get where he's going. I understand what he's saying. I don't agree with the tactic, but I understand what he's saying, and I hope it works out. There is something to what he's saying, which is if they can get a defensive midfielder. Remember, we've been talking about a central attacking midfielder, Cam, 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 Cam. Uh, We've been talking about a central attacking midfielder forever and why the LA Galaxy need that. They need a playmaker. They need a 10. You need somebody who can do something outside of that. Well, here is the only sort of positive I can take from Vanny's spin on getting a defensive midfielder is that when and I imagine that the lineup would look something like a four-one, four-one, or a four-three-three, whenever you have it, or technically like a four-one-two-three, right? If think about those in your head for a second, so that way you can picture it. But what he wants to do, uh, at least in his explanation here, is he wants to get Delgado further forward. He wants to get Ravellison further forward. When you think about it that way, there's an overload happening in the center of the field if you can get those guys forward, right? You can get two offensive players forward and into that attack, right? If you can have somebody who sits and who's just the defensive midfielder, who's just the destroyer, who's just the guy who's going to work side to side, who's just going to be there to break up counters, who's going to work back, right? And you, you allow Delgado some more freedom. There is a possibility, I think, of creating more offense. Certainly if you're putting two more players further forward, which Vandy says he can't do right now. Again, we can, we can discuss that however we want. But if you put two more players forward, that is more players in the offense. That is more people in the box. That is more quote unquote offense, right? It's just, you have to be able to trust Ravelson. You got to be able to trust Delgado to be able to do that. Now we talked about it. Was it last week? Um, I think it was last week where we talked about, um, just how Delgado and the fact that he leads the league in line breaking passes. And I said, you know, if you get him further forward, that does help. Right. I think he, he, he leads the league in line breaking pass. Line breaking passes is passes that go through a line of. So we lo- often see lines of confrontation. Right. So whenever you have like the midfielders coming up against the midfield. And so there's two lines that are that are headed from either team. And Delgado's ability to break pass through those lines to other people is line breaking passes, not sideways. 
more than more than likely it's a forward pass right in order to be line breaking um so that has to be line breaking delgado leads it that's the key in offense and i talked about a, a you know i think on the thursday night show about you know the plotting slow movement that we see from the galaxy sometimes well when you break lines when you skip people that is what generates offense that is what gets people moving forward that's what generates momentum moving that way delgado has that in him and as vanny calls him the great leveler Right. Or the guy who can create time because he's quick with sort of his passes and where he goes. That's great for what the LA Galaxy are paying Delgado. I hope that that's true. But that's one of those things that you have to look at. Right. You keep an eye on it um, because Vanny is basically saying Ravelson and Delgado are your twin tens. Right. Your twin cams. Right. And whoever they're going to bring in is going to be the de- this defensive midfielder. OK. So that's what he's saying on that. The second player, by the way, is an interesting one, just sort of assessing options of where they can put it. Here's the deal. And and uh, Freddie says in the chat room, uh, and he gave us a $5 super chat. He says, Josh, what are the details that you know of, of Costa's contract extension? How bad is it going to be long-term or can they release him after the loan is over? No, they're not going to, they can't release him after the loan is over. The loan is basically over, I think June 30th. So it's like three more days, right? Where he's still a, uh, a Juventus player. Um, which is interesting because we're going to talk about another Juventus player here. Uh, you can't. I I see no way in doing it. There, Everybody pretends like there's this magic bullet. And even if the LA Galaxy could write off his contract, I'm not sure you get the cap relief. You might not even get the designated player spot back uh, unless you like transfer him somewhere. And as I was talking to somebody very close in the, in the LA Galaxy uh, office that I said, I said, well, you know, maybe you could find a place for cost. It's so funny because this is the line that gets used on me so many times uh, that I use on all of you. Right. And I said, well, maybe they could find a place for cost. I they could park them somewhere. And they're like, who wants them? And does he want to go? And I think that's a fair assessment of where it is. No, the galaxy are stuck with them. Right. We know it's a three million dollar deal. It is what it is. That that ship has sailed um, as far as that. Now, we're talking about adding players, but the bottom line is the LA Galaxy have very little room to maneuver here. In fact, if they add more than one player, um, I see them having to move somebody else, right? And maybe it's Preston Judd. Maybe you're going to move Preston Judd and he's just going to stay down you know, on the thing. Here's the deal, though, and we've talked about this so many times. The LA Galaxy have eight of eight international slots right now used. That's it. Eight of eight. They have no more room to add any more internationals. Anything they're talking about adding on the international side of things, right? Basically, anybody from outside the league that doesn't have a U.S. passport or or green card means that the LA Galaxy are going to have to go out and buy a slot. I see nobody in here. Javier Hernandez, are you doing anything with him? No. Douglas Costa, are you doing anything with him? Well, God, everybody would hope so, but it's highly unlikely, so that's not happening. Kevin Cabral, doing anything with him? Nope. There's three internationals. Grand Sir, doing anything with him? Nope. Four internationals. Ravelson, five. Jovalich, six. I know you guys don't want him to go anywhere. Uh, Kulabali, seven. Definitely want to keep him. Vasquez, eight. He's staying, too. So I see no room on the international front to say that the LA Galaxy can create a space for an international. They already went through that whenever we started. So that means you have to go out and buy an international slot. That means you have to have the money and you have to find somebody who's willing to sell it to you for a reasonable price. And you have to do all those things before you're going to put somebody in. Excuse me, I'm coughing over here. 
So when we look at the roster right now, it's technically at 29. My, my roster says 30, but I have Jorge Villafania, who's season-ending injury list, right? We know that. So technically, it's 29. And they have a, a senior roster spot open with, with Villafania um, being gone there as well. So Galaxy have the ability to add one player, but technically speaking, without adding an international slot, they, could only, they would only be able to add one, you know, American-based player or, or, or U.S. passport holder or green card or whatever, right? So... That's what we that's what we see in this um, and how we look at it. So eight spots. That means the galaxy have to go out shopping. So anybody we're about to talk about, because you know we're about to talk about people. Anybody we're about to talk about is going to be an international player. You realize you have to bring in on an international slot. You have to do a deal with somebody that takes time, and that's where the hiccups can happen, right? So let's talk about the first name. This is the name that we think is real. Um, this one was reported, I think, on Friday morning. Um, and there's a bunch of people who have been reporting it. But uh, Gaston Brugman um, from uh, Parma. So from Parma, uh, he is a Parma player right now who's actually playing down at a La Liga 2 game. He is a defensive midfielder. Oh, that rings a bell, right? So he's a defensive midfielder, um, and uh, he seems to fit a lot. I think he's 29 years old um, whenever we look at his stats and all those fun things. So 29 years old, uh, Brugman it seems to fit the bill for this 29 isn't horribly old his market value in the 2.2 million it's going to have to be a little less than that you would imagine that there's something that they can do here to sort of bring somebody in i think he makes about seven hundred thousand dollars right now as it goes that sort of all makes sense we'll see what they can do and how what you can sort of get him for that type of thing he's a defensive midfielder can he play central mid he can play central mid can he play central attacking mid sure but no he's a defensive midfielder and that's where you'd expect. So when Greg Vanny talks about a defensive midfielder, this guy really does sort of fit a lot of the um, the classics that you're sort of, you know, you would understand that as that. He has been on loan. Uh, he was with Parma a lot. Um, and he's been on loan from that to, from Parma as well. So uh, sort of bouncing around. And then again, played in La Liga 2 with Real Oviedo. Oviedo. Somebody will correct me. Um, Real Oviedo um, this last season had 33 games, three goals, six assists, uh, 800. Let's see, it's, it's, excuse me. He scores a goal once every 860 minutes is that one. Um, and overall, he played 2,500 minutes. I mean, here's the thing that that line in terms of a workhorse that you need, that's not a bad line, right? That's somebody who's there. Um, so, again, you can sort of look at this and say, OK, this is sort of where he's at. This seems to fit the bill of what Greg Vanny was talking about. This also seems to fit the bill of a, a deal that is further along. I will tell you right now, for the two deals that we're talking about today, I have no inside knowledge of that. I've been asking around. Things are pretty tight-lipped, but they've been that way for a while. All right. Again, if, if you don't talk about these things, if you don't say, then nobody knows whose deal it is, right? And if you don't know whose deal it is, then who are you going to blame uh, whenever it doesn't go down? Uh, Christian Morales, by the way, um, says, uh, says, remember when we didn't want Modric? Remember Modric comes with a lot of baggage, a lot of political baggage, um, especially whenever it comes to being besties with, I believe, the Turkish president. All right. So it's, it's a hard sort of thing to, to, to understand that, but there is, was baggage there. Now, you know, as a football player, Luka Modric is, is somebody who want, right? Luka Modric is, you would want him on your team. I understand that. Um, but there's political stuff in this and there always has been. So let's not, let's not pretend. Um, and by the way, releasing people at the middle of the season doesn't do what you think it does, especially not in the salary cap league. Right. Um, so 
pump the brakes on all that too, thinking you're just going to get rid of people. So anyway, um, this is a rumor. It seems to be a fairly solid one in terms of, you know, who they're targeting. Now, could there be other people that are similar to uh, Brueggemann? Yeah, there could be. But right now, this is the the name that we know. So uh, we're going to go with that one for a little bit and sort of see where it goes. Uh, watching him, you know, again, it's off highlight videos. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of done. And there's people who do a way better job who have way more time. Um, you can go and sit and watch a game that he actually plays in, you know, that type of thing. Uh, he's a little bit of a, a of a bulldog across the, the center. He likes to get stuck in. He gets some yellow cards. I think that's sort of what you expect from a defensive midfielder. Um, and at 29, I don't necessarily see any major issues with signing somebody at 29. This LA Galaxy team, by the way, if we go back, and this was updated today, has an average age of 25.6 years old. Uh, their mean uh, is 25.5. Right. So this is still a fairly sweet spotted team. Putting a 29 year old out there isn't the worst thing. The bottom line is that whenever you look at the starting lineup, that it gets a lot older. Right. That average sways whenever you have Victor Vasquez out there and Chicharito or Sasha Kleshton. Um, you know, so you can you, you have those things that still affect that lineup and how he goes. So that was the first transfer. Now, this other one. Um And Eric in the chat room says, I wish Josh could be our GM. I feel that he'd do a better job. I mean, I would. I would at least watch like some tape on guys. I don't know that I would be great at this. I tend to believe what people tell me. So it's probably not a like I, I'm you can go if you are trying to analyze the L.A. Galaxy right now. If you went with this signing is going to be crap, you would be right like 70 percent of the time. Right. So like anybody who's out there just being negative Nancy all the time, I feel like. I feel like you could hit a lot of these, right? Because there have been some some bad moves and some things that have happened, right? So I feel like if you want to be that person, and trust me, there are plenty of them. They're in a Discord, they're on Twitter, you know, uh, the whiners and the criers, they are out there all the time. And the naysayers and nothing's ever going to work and nothing's ever going to happen. The bottom line is that everybody makes gambles on different players. It depends on how risk averse you are. It depends on what you're trying to accomplish as the LA galaxy. Do you think if you're the GM of Columbus, you can run your, your, your club the same way as you could run in the LA galaxy. Now, a lot of you are being like, yeah, of course you can. It doesn't matter. Um, you get the best player for the best player. That's it. And, and it's just, that's not the reality of things. And I can see it just by the way that LA galaxy fans freak out whenever Gareth Bale is mentioned. Now you didn't want them, but now that somebody else has them, I mean, it's again, you, you just you just gotta just gotta calm down so um you know the la galaxy have to do a better job so for me looking at, at Brugman, i'm like okay seems to check a lot of the boxes at 29 not the oldest guy in the world watch he can run uh doesn't seem overly injured just played a get just played a season for 2500 minutes i mean if the la galaxy could get you know the 1200 minutes that you're going to require out of him for like the rest of the season the 12 or 1500 minutes then i think you're you're pretty well set. And if Greg Vanny's plan works, which is moving Delgado higher and, and moving Ravelson, which by the way, parks Vasquez, right? You don't have Vasquez out there. So that improves the LA galaxy team in terms of at least speed, uh, the ability to play defense and a whole bunch of other things. This makes sense. Again, I would, I would say you would look at Brugman back. You would look at putting Delgado and Ravelson in front of him. It's a sh- It's a small triangle that you play in the midfield. Outside of that, you're going to have Grand Sierra, you're going to have Cabral, or you're going to have Costa, right, on either of those wings. You're going to have Chicharito up top. He can switch out with with, um, with uh, Jovalich in there as well, right? There's some, there's some ways that you can mix and match that that keeps Greg Vanny happy in terms of his defensive shape. Okay, because Greg is a defensive coach. He always has been. He's a defensive player. 
So he's going to want to be stout there. So that's one. Now, this next one is more of a reach, and I will be the first one to admit it. All right. Now, from a relatively good source in terms of the idea, right? But basically, it was it was a tweet from uh, Michel uh, Giannoni, right? And um, Michel said basically that he he had he had he had emoticons, right? He had um, emojis. He had uh, whales, the whales flag versus the whale whales flag with a traffic light, a car, and eyes, right? So if you are into playing, you know, Pictionary and all that fun stuff, that would be whales versus whales, traffic light, and then El Trafico, right? To me, that's El Trafico. So whales versus whales, El Trafico. Now, if we put our sleuth hats on, right? That's that, then, then we have to come up with an idea. So who is a Welsh player that is out there that could possibly be another Welsh player looking for a team, possibly coming out. Now, I threw this out at the Discord and I said, I have no idea because I'm not that smart. I'm not going to pay attention. I don't pay attention to which Welsh person, which Welsh uh, player is up, is looking for a place to play and, and trying to find something. Maybe somebody who, you know, knows Gareth Bale. Uh, maybe somebody who's, you know, they, they, maybe they, he would consider, you know, following him to a city, that type of thing. And so pretty quickly, at least one person in our, in our discord said, Aaron Ramsey's looking for a place, right? Aaron Ramsey, uh, UVA player who is currently on loan to Rangers. Okay. So that's sort of where we look at this. So, um, Again, I think it's humorous that we just talked about Juventus, right? Because we talked about Douglas Costa and Juventus. So if you're talking about a team the LA Galaxy know, and they know the people there, then Aaron Ramsey, certainly they know Juventus, right? And don't don't mind that I spelled Juventus wrong. I, connect, I corrected it on a tweet underneath, okay? I realized I spelled it wrong immediately and corrected it immediately, okay? But the LA Galaxy know Juventus. They've dealt with him. They know they just dealt with them with Costa. So they have somebody that they can call and pick up the phone and talk to. Right. And with Ramsey's loan to Rangers over with, he's looking for a place. Now, by all accounts, Ramsey has been fairly god awful with Rangers. Right. In the Scottish Premier League. OK, so there is part of that that says, um, hey, perhaps this isn't the best signing for the L.A. Galaxy, perhaps as a second as a secondary signing. But this is also in the same vein as Bale, which is giving somebody who is going to play in a World Cup as many games as possible. And I think if Aaron Ramsey came to the LA Galaxy... Now, get, again, let's talk about Aaron Ramsey before we even go too far, right? A uh, central midfielder, not a cam, not a defensive midfielder, more of a CM, more of an eight, an eight, a box-to-box guy, a guy who's supposed to put in the minutes, a guy who's supposed to put in the work, a guy who can create some offense but also play some defense, right? Um... And if you don't know Aaron Ramsey's, you know, transfer history, you can look at, you know, Cardiff and Arsenal and not Nottingham Forest and Juventus and Rangers and all those things. So, I mean, he's been around uh, and I believe he is 32. If is that correct? Am I, am I still right? Let's see. I'm looking 30, 32. I think it says 32 on there. I looked it up earlier today. I can't remember off that. So and we're trying to figure out how much salary cap room the L.A. Galaxy have. Well, could they split some TAM if you had that's okay. Let's let's pretend you had one point six million dollars in TAM. If you split that in half, that's eight hundred thousand dollars. You pay eight hundred thousand dollars for Brugman. Can you give Ramsey eight hundred thousand dollars? Can you find the international slots for everything that you need to have with all the general allocation money that you have left over? Can you make all that happen? That's the assessment point that comes. I'm not saying that Aaron Ramsey is even a correct guess at this time. In fact, I've seen nothing else on this rumor. All right. But looking at what Greg Vanny could possibly want, that's not outside the realm of possibility. Okay? 
Um, so that's sort of, I, again, I, I don't want to, the, the Bergman for, one for me seems like it's realistic, seems like it's the one that happens first, right? That's the one that Greg Vanny talks about saying it's going to happen, right? And I don't know if it's Bergman exactly, but he knows that they have somebody lined up. He knows that they're working to get somebody in right as that window opens, right? So 10 days, by the way, 10 days is all you have until that window opens. So um, you can sign, you can sign players right now. Not a problem. Get to it. Find your guys. Okay, but this is where the this is where it's coming from. This is where it's coming to. These are the transfer rumors that are out there. Okay, you know, yeah, you know, as as somebody said, Ramsey may be injury prone. It's again, if you're looking at Ramsey right as sort of a CM, there are other people who play that position. You don't need to rely on him. That's why it's an okay signing. That's why the depth matters whenever you look at it. Now, having said that, there's an opportunity cost there as well. If you get Ramsey and you have to lock him in for a year, or if you get Ramsey and you have to, or and you can only lock him in for six months, maybe that's even better, right? You six months, low risk, high reward from Ramsey, right? You don't need him there. You have other guys that'll play there. If he can give you something and he can stay healthy and he's motivated because he wants to play into um, into that World Cup and be ready for that World Cup whenever it kicks off, basically, you know, almost the end of October, right? That's why. So you, so the motivation side of this is important. You know, Bergman for me isn't as motivated as maybe somebody like Ramsey could be. So the upside is a lot bigger. Okay, so that's that's where you sort of sit there. And, and yeah, by the way, uh, ten dollars super chat from Gary. Thanks, Gary. Gary says, uh, "Love the show. Thanks a bunch. Appreciate that. Uh, super appreciate that." As a matter of fact, super chat, super appreciated. So that's what we're looking at when we look you know, at what the LA Galaxy are trying to do. That's why it's different than just peering over at LAFC and what they're trying to do, all right? And I am not one of these people who's going to sit there and tell you that LAFC have already won the Supporter Shield, all right? It's not going to happen. Galaxy now are, you know, have two games in hand on Nashville, right? Two games in hand on Real Salt Lake, and they're not that many points behind those. That means the Galaxy have to start winning Games, by the way, LAFC at 33 points, having played 16 games. So the Galaxy have one game in hand on them, right? So if you take that away, let's take three points away, and that's 30. The LA Galaxy are six points behind them. That means the Galaxy have to win those games. That's a tough sell right now to sort of say, oh, yeah, the LA Galaxy, they can win those games. I, I, don't, I don't know if they can win those games. They're going to come up against Minnesota, a team they are heavily favored over. I'm not sure they can beat Minnesota. Didn't, didn't show it in Minnesota whenever they gave up an 87th minute goal, right? So that's where we sit. I think the Galaxy are in a good position if they can get back to playing some actual soccer instead of this pass sideways, I don't want to run forward type of thing. Um, and that's indecision for me. That's not understanding the creativity in the system, right? Being too rigid on the system. Um, and that's finding guys who want to score. I mean, you know, Grand Sur for me is a guy... Who has to score goals? Who has to score goals? He gets in almost better positions than Cabral does. He makes half as much, not even half as much, but he makes, you know, half of basically what Cabral does, but they're put in the same position on the field. They're equals, right? Working Douglas Costa in this. I'll be honest. I've scratched my head. I have no idea. I don't know whether or not you should be rooting for Douglas Costa and never come back or if you want him to be good. I'm not sure whether those, those are even reasonable things to think about. Because right now, I see the LA Galaxy is a lot slower and a lot less mobile whenever Douglas Costa is on the field. So I don't feel like there's this huge boost in creativity when Douglas Costa is out there. 
Okay, I actually feel the LA Galaxy with Grant Sear and Cabral on the wings are a much more mobile team and are capable of attacking the spaces in behind. When you have Costa, you lose that on one side. Unless you play him in the center, and then, then blah, blah, blah. It's, it gets mind-numbing, right? So there's guys who have to step up, certainly. Um, but I also think that there are guys that there are no replacements for. I don't think that the Galaxy have anybody who can play Kevin Cabral's position. I don't think the Galaxy currently have anybody else besides Sam Grant Sierra who can play it. So those guys are going to play. Ryan Revelison has not played well. Do I think anybody's going to come in and take his spot? I don't because I don't think they have anybody. If they get a defensive midfielder, does that put take some of the the strain off of Revelison? Absolutely. Galaxy are better defensively. Greg Vanny said it today, right? So Anyway, that's it. I just wanted to I wanted to get you through some of those transfers, at least mention some names. The Aaron Ramsey one seems more of a pipe dream, sort of like maybe, perhaps. We'll see if that heats up as the transfer window comes open and if Ramsey's looking for a place. Apparently, he was set to go somewhere and that fell through, right? So, um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's an opportunity game. I think, in hindsight, waiting for the summer to sign a third DP would have given the galaxy a lot better idea of what they needed. I think they went with a little bit of the Swiss army knife approach in Costa, which is, well, he can play in the center. He can play in the wing. He can do all those things, except they forgot that he can't play. Um, and we'll see again, four months in, I'll give him to the end of the season. Why not? I mean, you know, he's under contract anyway, you're going to pay him anyway. So why not? Um, so yeah, I mean, by the way, not wrong. Lex says we have no choice. We have to hope. Douglas Costa can add something to this team. 100% right. You have to you have to pray and wish that Cabral falls asleep and is visited by the three angels of scoring goals and suddenly he sees the light and he becomes a goal-scoring machine. Right? So, uh, Anthony says, any chance, uh, gave us a $5 super chat, says any chance that Efra Julian will be leaving the juice? I don't think so. Uh, one, Julian probably wants to stay where he's at because of where Mexico is going, so I don't think he's going to move. Um, I think he's going to be super motivated down the stretch to be on that Mexico team. And Efrain Alvarez, I don't think he's done enough to even imagine that he could go anywhere. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, I, I just, I don't think, you know, <laughs> somebody said, I think it was one of the, one of the last shows, right? It was, um, it, they basically they said, you know, what, if you stop playing Efrain Alvarez, it's really going to hurt his, uh, his his market value. I'm like him playing is hurting his market value right now too. So I'm not sure there's an answer to that. Uh, so thanks for that question, uh, Tony. Uh, Raphael, five dollar super chat says, Josh, why does Klein still have a job? He's the common denominator over the last years years of futility. Is it all about profit? <sighs> Tough question for me to answer. I don't know the inner workings right around Chris Klein and how it goes. I do know that the only person sort of he answers to is Phil Anschutz. And is Dan Beckerman at AEG? I would say that Phil Anschutz used to be a lot more involved in things. You would always hear about Phil being around. I don't know how Phil's doing. I don't know how interested he is in the LA Galaxy. Um, and since Tim Lywicki left, quite honestly, there's been a void there. Um, and I don't know if the. I certainly don't think from. And maybe it's personalities, and maybe it's not fair. But for me, looking at Beckerman, I don't feel like Beckerman is demanding excellence from the LA Galaxy. I feel like he has other things to worry about, and he's not worried about that. He's, I'm, I'm sure, listen, he's there, he gets angry, he yells at people, you know, he's, he does this, he does this thing. Um, but I think, you know, he's under pressure too, uh, for this whole thing. I don't know why Klein does, but I, yeah, I mean, I, I would imagine certainly some of it is part of the business side, but I can't imagine that season tickets have looked real good recently. 
Um, I don't know how they emerged from the pandemic, but I imagine that they hemorrhaged cash. So, you know, trying to get any of these things. I mean, <clears throat> did I say, oh, I said in the Discord. I didn't say it here. Um, I expect that you're going to hear more and more about a rebrand for the LA Galaxy. Um, I expect, I expect, I know there's been focus groups around it, right? So keep that in mind whenever all this stuff comes in, right? Um, keep in mind that at least initially, it seems like perhaps that Herbalife is sticking around. Okay. Now, those two things are, can be huge money things, right? And even if you go and you say, okay, well, like maybe it's an alternate logo, which is just stupid. But anyway, um, expect, expect that that stuff is coming around, right? And so when you look at 10 years and you look at people who are in charge when these things happen, perhaps it's not outrageous to think that Chris Klein's swan song, swan song, swan song, is that there's a rebrand right at the end before he leaves. Um, you know, I don't like how the LA Galaxy are run. I haven't liked it for a little while. I like when there's a general manager involved. I like when Dennis DeCloso was involved um, because I think that there was a real sort of pecking order there. Everybody had a job and everybody was, everybody was you know, easily accountable to other people. Um, I don't know what's going on there right now. It feels like it's like a group project where only some people do the work, it feels like. Um, so anyway, so that's, uh, you know, so keep that in mind. I don't know. Um, certainly I have to think that, you know, everybody says, oh, well, if you just go out and buy stuff, you know, then Chris Klein gets to keep his job. Yes and no. Um, Klein's not making those decisions. Uh, you know, is he reaping some benefits from it? Sure. But ultimately in Los Angeles, winning is, is winning has always been that standard of, of whether or not you're doing it. And quite honestly, the galaxy haven't won in a long time. Um, so I would imagine that he is, uh, certainly, uh, on the block. I think, I think, Dan Beckerman's on the block. I don't know that for sure. But if Phil Anschutz is still involved, and again, if he's not, then that's a bigger problem, right? I always said that AEG is a really good partner for the LA Galaxy because they have the deep pockets because they're willing to spend. They have done that. You can't, you can't blame them for that. They have done that. They have spent. Who they have targeted, how they have targeted, and how they have acquired those people is a different question altogether, right? But I'll tell you that Cardinalfo, Siggy Schmidt, I would imagine Guillermo Barrascoleta, but I don't know it for sure. Um, you know, Dominic Kinnear um, all wanted a more robust, and Siggy was adamant about it too, RIP Siggy. Siggy was adamant about making the scouting network bigger, right? I mean, he even had Kurt Schmidt that was sort of in charge of the scouting department. And Kurt, by the way, is really smart, really enjoyed always talking to Kurt Schmidt, was always, always felt like if they were given the reins and given the ability to go out and and create this network and do the things that they wanted to do, that they would have been successful at it. The Galaxy, you know, I know when Dennis DeClosa came in, he talked about the lack of lack of scouting. So he's after he's, you know, Guillermo Barrascoloto, he's after Siggy Schmidt, he's after Kurt Anolfo. So that means it still hasn't been fixed. And we can see it in a lot of these things. Okay. So anyway, um, yeah, I don't have a great answer for you, but uh, I always thought AEG was a good partner. If Phil isn't paying attention, if Uncle Phil isn't paying attention anymore and doesn't care, then they're not a good partner anymore. Maybe it's time to get out. All right. All right. All right. Good. Glad we had that little talk. Let's talk about the, we talked about the standings a little bit. Let's talk about it on the Eastern side. Uh, Philadelphia Union at 29 points, New York City at 27. Montreal, who is the LA Galaxy's July 4th opponent. They are eight, six, and two. They are a good team. Be prepared for, a difficult July 4th game. 
uh, a long way for them to travel, but I I don't feel great. Well, I don't feel great about any game right now, but that Montreal game is going to be tough for the LA Galaxy for sure. Um, so that's 26 points uh, for Montreal. New York Red Bulls have 26 points. Orlando, 25. New England, 24. Cincinnati, 23. Below the line right now, Miami, Charlotte, Atlanta, Toronto, Columbus, and D.C. There's a couple on there that surprised me a little bit. Western Conference, LAFC, 33 points. RSL, 29. Austin, 28. Dallas, 26. Nashville, 26. LA, 24. <clears throat> Seattle, 23 points. Uh, below the line right now, Houston, Vancouver, Colorado, Portland, Minnesota, Kansas City, San Jose, and another, some other ones that surprised me in there, too. LAFC, Supporter Shield leaders right now, 33 points. The LA Galaxy in 11th spot in the Supporter Shield. Your LA Galaxy are well above the top 50% of the league. That shouldn't make you feel great because they were that way for most of the year last year and still missed the playoffs. That having being that being said, don't I don't feel horrible about where the LA Galaxy are at. If you if you were going to start the LA Galaxy right now, if I could tell you, hey, the LA Galaxy can start the season, uh, and they will start it in sixth place in the Western Conference. That's not a bad place to start, and you'll be above Seattle, and you'll be above you know Houston and Portland and Minnesota and Kansas City and San Jose. I mean, again, you look at this and say, okay, that's not bad. Um, I just wonder who's going to make it from underneath the line to come up. Houston is one of those teams. I think I could see it. Colorado is one of those Portland, even though they haven't played well. Uh, Minnesota has been very unlucky and in order to get to us, let's talk about the game against Minnesota here a little bit. Um, the LA galaxy versus Minnesota United coming up on Wednesday, June 29th, midweek game, 7 30 PM, 7 38 PM kickoff time, LA galaxy.com and spectrum Sportsnet. Uh, you got Kobe and Joe and Miss Nikki K out there for your coverage. And they'll also have the July 4th game as well. And coming up on Thursday, Miss Nikki K currently scheduled. We'll see if her schedule changes because they have wacky things going on. But uh, Nikki's going to be my co-host on Thursday night. All right. So um, that's sort of in between the two spectrum games. So that should be uh, should be fun. So that's what's coming up on uh, on Wednesday. Uh, Minnesota is, I think, a a difficult team to sort of put into place. Uh, here's the record comparison. The LA galaxy, seven, five, and three, 24 points, Minnesota, five, eight, and three, 18 points. Uh, if you look at the galaxy's home record four, three, and one for 13 points, they've underachieved there. And Minnesota's away record is two, five, and one for seven points. So just two wins on the road for Minnesota. Um, we look at streaks. This is hysterical. I was looking this up. And so I said, oh, you know, Minnesota really hasn't played well. Uh, Minnesota winners of just winners of one game in their last eight games, right? They're one, six and one for four points out of that. The LA Galaxy, however, are winners of just two games in their last seven. So it's not like it's that much. But when you look at the 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 um, the, the spread there, it's two, three and two for eight points. So they have double the points in one last game, right? So still the LA galaxy should be better. The last time the LA galaxy one was against Houston, excuse me, against Austin on five twenty nine. The last time Minnesota won a game was May 22nd. It is May. It is June 27th. The Minnesota United has gone a full month without a win. Um, and I don't know that that's going to that's going to change uh, too often. Uh, they just lost to Miami uh, two to one over this last weekend. So they were in Miami. They, before that, they were in New England. We're catching Minnesota on this swing, and they had a U.S. Open game in between. But we're catching, you know, the LA Galaxy are catching Minnesota on the swing that has seen them go to New England and then down to Miami. And whenever they played in Miami, it was hot and sweaty. It was gross. It was ugh, no. Um, and this is a Minnesota team that scored first on New England and lost the game 2-1. And a Minnesota team that scored first 
against Miami and lost two to one. Not only did they lose two to one to Miami, but Minnesota gave up goals in the 87th and 90th minute in order to lose that game. Which, by the way, if you haven't seen Ari Laster play for Miami, um, he's he's finally turned into that sort of player that maybe the Galaxy are like, man, I wish he'd be, he'd be on my team a little bit, right? This is a very difficult game for the LA Galaxy. Um, just, beca- just because of, you know, with Reynoso in there, um, with Lode um, in there, with Amaria in there, and Greg Vanny was talking about it today. I'm going to look up that that audio for, for Greg. But... Um, he was, he was very sort of, it was funny because he was sort of given a little bit of, you know, little quick talks here and there. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's, it, it's like he goes into he reaches into one of those long things, um, that sort of comes, you know, he, he really, he really goes for it. Um, so here's Greg Vandy talking about Minnesota and then we'll talk a little bit about that. Yeah, draw at their place. We gave up a late goal, but they, you know, both teams had a fair amount of chances through the course of the game. Both teams were, I thought, had, a, you know, a fair amount of success going forward, playing forward and creating opportunities. So there's certainly some things out of the last game that we, we need to improve upon. Um, so, yeah, but again, it's coming back to kind of the image of, of ourselves and, and what we want to be good at and being consistent on that side of things. They're a good team. They, uh, you know, they, they have guys who are going to threaten the back line, who are going to stretch and stre- stretch the game out, which then creates space for Reynoso, who just kind of hovers around between the lines. And he's a fantastic player who uh, obviously he has a, a magic wand for left foot, but he's just clever about how he positions himself. And they play off of him. You know, they play off of him. But they have guys who run to create space for him. They have guys who run to create opportunities for him. Uh, and they set up a few different scenarios that they're looking for throughout the course of the game. But, you know, a lot of it comes down to them as they have individual ability. I just feel like they've they've had a hard time putting the ball in the back of the net. Uh, it's not from a lack of chances in the games I've watched. It's just been from a lack of execution in the final action. Uh, we need to limit the chances, and we need to uh, make it difficult for them to even get good looks on our goal because I, I do th- see them as a team that can create some stuff. And so, and they're aggressive defensively. You know, their their back line is is physically uh, is strong, and they will they will get tight, and they will make the game difficult. And their midfielders can cover ground, and so it's a it's a challenging opponent for sure. Where is this group? At? All right, there we go. Little Greg Vanny from today. <clears throat> Really interesting. Everything does key off Reno. So, you know, I was watching some some film today um, and just just sort of where it goes again. You know, Vanny said they're having tr- double trouble putting the ball on the goal. And, and you see that whenever you watch it. But at the same time, they're creating a lot of chances. So um, it's not for for lack of effort. And if you look at their their string of games where they haven't been successful, I mean, they've been scoring first in some of these games. So midfield defense has probably been letting them down um, more than you would expect. Um I just, I just love how they move things around from Moreno. So he's so much fun. They literally give him a free roll and let him just go and pick his spots. And everybody knows his spot is about three yards in from the right hand side of the penalty box, uh, where he can step onto his left foot and launch shots from there. And that dude is absolutely deadly from there. Uh, if you remember uh, the last game, the LA Galaxy uh, basically had you know fifty seven percent possession. Um, they are at Minnesota, but the Galaxy got out shot seventeen to twelve, eight to four on goal. Um, almost had 140 more passes than Minnesota. If you're if you're thinking about this, we worry about teams whenever the LA Galaxy have a large possession um, 
holds over them. And we worry about that because the Galaxy, usually that means they're playing a team with a lower block. I will say this, Minnesota will sit back in a lower block, but they also, they do like to get out and run. And Greg sort of mentioned that uh, with Reynoso, with Amaria, uh, with with Lode as well. Robin Lode, he's he's excellent. Um, he's really good too. So you got to watch those guys and Amaria run. And as he says, they create space for uh, Reynoso, who's just uh, so good. So uh, the way the LA Galaxy scored their goal is the second half penalty kick from Sasha Kleshton. Um, and then the LA Galaxy gave up that goal to load um, in the 87th minute. Now, here's the other thing. The last time these two teams played in Los Angeles, right? In California at Dignity Health Sports Park was the game at the end of the 2021 season where the LA Galaxy got knocked out of the playoffs because they drew 3-3. Okay. That's something that you sort of sit there and say, oh, okay, like this should be a game. The LA Galaxy, if the Galaxy were as angry as they say they were about missing the playoffs and Minnesota was the team that did it to them, we can blame RSL, but um, it was Minnesota. Uh, then this should be a revenge game. This should be a rivalry game in a certain sense, which is this is we need payback. These guys knocked us out. We have a chance to win a season series. We already drew with them. We beat them at home. Not only does it put us in a great spot for the July 4th game going up against Montreal, but it sets us up for the LAFC, El Trafico as well. Winning two games going to El Trafico and the bank puts a ton of pressure on guys, um, especially guys who I will say are mentally fragile um, on the LAFC side. So winning the next two games could be huge for the LA Galaxy. The fact that the Galaxy get to stay home for the next three games and home in turn includes bank of California. Right. But the fact that they get to stay home for that, that's huge. Okay. That's huge. That's why, um, it is the, um, it is, it is so important to sort of get on these roles. Um, so there, you know, we looked at injuries and Greg Vanny gave an update. Um, Costa is available. Uh, I doubt he starts, but certainly he will be available for minutes. Question is a possibility, although he says, Vanny says that he's still sort of working on things as Question comes back from the hip flexor. Um, and then Delgado, who was sick with something non-COVID last game, um, is available and ready to go. So that's what we have set up. If you look at sort of the history or the average of these guys through this, uh, through these games so far, Galaxy on average have had 57% possession. On average, Minnesota holds 46% of the possession. So again, a team that sits back a little bit, but they do like to attack. There will be room to attack in behind. They don't stay as defensively. Um, uh, what do I, what do I want to say? They don't say as defensively disciplined as perhaps you would expect them to. So there are chances here for the LA galaxy to create shots, create goals and to score goals. All right. Um, but really it comes down to, to that defense that Vanny mentioned. Um, in fact, in some of these games and, you know, I'm using MLS as sort of the, 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 uh, decider here, but they actually went to five in the back, right? So that's something you could see against the LA galaxy as a five man back line. Uh, uh, Dane St. Clair is their goalkeeper who has been fairly good this season. Um, and so he's somebody to watch who can have an influence on this game. And if we're looking at this game in terms of 538 and where the where they think the LA Galaxy are, <sighs> the LA Galaxy have a 50% chance of winning. That's never good, right? 50% chance of winning. Minnesota, 25% chance of winning. And then uh, a draw basically has 26% chance. There's some decimal rounding that needs a little help in there. But other than that, um, that's sort of where they have everything. So the LA Galaxy getting ready to play Minnesota United coming up on Wednesday night, June 29th, 7.30 p.m., 7.38 p.m. kickoff time on lagalaxy.com and Spectrum Sportsnet. That's where you can find it. All right. Uh, I'm trying to think. Is there anything else 
that I need to just talk about? I think we covered all of it. I don't know. Let me look at my notes here real quick. Running a solo show is tough sometimes, especially when I would like to give you just a little insight into my evening this morning. Um, I came home after work, uh, got here, sat down on the couch with my son. Uh, my wife had been washing the rug because the dog had, of course, uh, had an accident on the rug early in the morning. So it takes like a full day of washing that rug. It's really the dryer that takes forever. So drying it, drying it, drying it, getting the whole thing. So I come home, hanging out with my son. We move the couch back. We get the rug back in position. All a, a fairly large ordeal, by the way. Um, and then about uh, 15 seconds after the rug has been positioned after being cleaned and ready to go and is now a clean healthy rug where all we can live in there uh, my son throws up all over it so i thought that was hysterical by the way um apparently she didn't think that was as funny but i understand her her sort of thing uh so our buddy here may have a little bit of a stomach bug so now i get to worry about possibly coming down with a stomach bug of some sort so that'll be fun um so yeah that's a that's a good time good time that was so that was it so uh he did get sick once again right before i got ready for the show which meant emergency bath uh which meant that setting up everything behind me took a little bit longer but because i was a solo show not a problem so uh then i had to uh scarf down my uh my jersey mike sub um, and I ate it so fast that I had a stomach ache before I started. And now I'm wondering if I have the stomach bug already that my son has or if he doesn't even have a stomach bug. Who knows? So those are just the things that were sort of going on today. All right. There we go. Okay, good. Glad everybody enjoyed uh, just a little peek behind the scenes of the of the Guessman household on a, just on a random Monday. And after I'm done here, which is about 9 p.m., I will edit. I will do all this stuff. Everything usually gets published around 1030 p.m. And then I get to go downstairs and wash the dishes. So there you go. See, it's all fun and games over here uh at the guestman casa but um you know what it's fun it's still pretty good so uh that's it i guess i will see everybody over on wednesday really important game galaxy very heavily favored we talked about it against portland which is when the games are supposed to win right this is a game the galaxy are supposed to win minnesota's struggling uh they don't have that confidence so if you can score early on them you can put this team out of it uh it should be about that it should be about stepping on their neck it should be about dominating a team and quite honestly the galaxy shouldn't even have position possession if they win this game the way they're supposed to score early score a couple goals early and then make minnesota chase because minnesota was just in miami minnesota was just in new england uh that miami trip i would imagine it takes two or three weeks to recover from the amount of uh of perspiration they were having down there in, in the wonderful uh southern florida areas okay all right that's it everybody uh la galaxy minnesota united coming up on wednesday uh should be really interesting i'll be there i'll be at the game as long as i don't have a stomach bug yeah keep that in mind all right and uh we'll rock and roll then it's uh, on to a, a july 4th game against montreal and then july 8th against lafc it is rapidly hitting the fan all right this is it galaxy have some transfers to make galaxy have some things to add so this is where we stand this is where we're ready to go uh, hopefully this means the LA Galaxy get on a rhythm. If they do, I feel confident about this LA Galaxy team. If they cannot get out of their own way mentally, um, then yeah, they got problems. They got big problems. Okay? All right. Uh, I know that uh, Mr. Kevin Baxter isn't here, um, but I'm sure whenever he comes back, he's going to have some great stories for us. I, I, I've been texting and talking to him a little bit while he's been in Qatar. Um, he does have some insight in that. I think it's really interesting to sort of try to put everything into, into perspective that's happening there. All right? Uh, hopefully he doesn't get arrested because it sounds like something he would do. So we'll keep our fingers crossed on that one. All right. Uh, I think that about does it. Uh, yeah, 
Yeah, it does. All right. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at jgesman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to cornerthegalaxy.com. Click that shop button, buy some t-shirts. Otherwise, subscribe to our podcast. Tell your friends about us. Uh, YouTube, SoundCloud, uh, iTunes, anywhere you can find podcasts, that's where we're at. All right. Uh, I think that about does it. See you out at the game on Wednesday. Uh, and we got a busy show. We'll be back on Thursday to recap that Wednesday game, get you ready for July 4th. All right. For Mr. Kevin Baxter, who is away in Qatar, I'm Josh Pato Guessman. You've been listening. You've been watching Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Arajo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.